Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode of Bushwick Breakaway is brought to you by our meetup. When is our meetup, you ask? It is February 15th. It is the day after Valentine's Day. Once you're done with your lovers, or even if you're single, come see the Blue Shirt Breakaway Boys. We're going to be hosting another meetup game, but this time, instead of the stadium, it'll be at a bar. The bar is Beer Authority in Midtown, I believe. I think Greg confirms this later on the podcast. I should probably know this as the host, but I, I'm just going to stay with it right now. I feel it in my gut. I hope you guys can see us there. It's going to be the Rangers versus the Islanders on February 15th. Let's get this pod started. Hey, Bushwick Breakaway fans, welcome to another week of the Bushwick Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead, and I'm here with my other host, Gregory. Uh, Greg? We'll go with Greg today. Greg Kaplan. Greg, say hello. We've talked so much over the last three days. Uh, I'm getting a time. Four days. I have news for you. Yeah, it's four. We've done oh my four God. days of podcasting in a row. This is a record for us. I think we might have to call each other tomorrow and not record it, just to say hello. I don't know if I want to talk to you again tomorrow. Probably not. Suppose, it's supposed to snow. Well, maybe I will. I'll call you at 3 a.m. when I'm driving to work in the snow and I'm just pissed off. I would love that. I'd like a voicemail. If you uh, maybe I'll put it on our, at the end of this podcast. I'll add a bonus one. Thing is, Greg, there's a lot to yeah. talk about. But there's be- some things to talk. About. But before we talk about any of that stuff, let's talk about what is actually going to happen on the podcast today. We're going to have the two our two friends from the Knicks wall on Kyle and Anthony. We were on we were on their podcast uh, just to yesterday, which came on a Monday, and we're also recording this before the Stars game. So you're like, hey, Busher Breakaway guys. Why aren't you talking about the shit that happened in the Stars game? Well, it's recording before, and I'm sorry. My apologies. Sometimes on the Monday night games, we don't get the chance to sort of do that. Uh, so this will be one of the one of the times we will we'll talk about it next week. You'll hear. Don't worry, the takes are coming, guys. Just not this week. So we're gonna talk about a wild week in Rangerstown, which surprisingly good. Greg uh, did not think that would happen. But before all that happens, one more thing. You know, we've been trying to get to 69 reviews on iTunes, right, Greg? Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you know where we're at now? Just take a guess. I know we were at 39 the last time I checked. We're at 51. Pretty good. Oh, right? I wow. thought that was nice. Some of the Progress. Re- some of the most of the reviews say nice, which I think is great. Uh Eric the director said come for the hot takes, stay for the nonsense. Nice. Great. One guy posted in Japanese, pretty sure, and then he wrote Rangers, and I can't Google translate it cuz I can't copy. Thank you Kenny909808. And then hmm. th- this is my favorite one from Sketchy Mike 90. 
This podcast is totally unfit for human consumption. I can only imagine how many children are regularly traumatized while their unsuspecting grandparents turn on this podcast. Only hear incestuous what-if questions and scenarios asking which way would move one inch involving a threesome with their parents. Nice. Thanks, Sketchy Mike. I appreciate that. So, uh, people that go read our- five-star review? That's a five-star review. I'll take it. (laughs) I took it too. I was impressed. It was really well written and a pretty accurate description of what we do here. It's- it's an honest review. Let me just, I'll just say that. That's it. So listen, guys, we're at 51. We're trying to get to 69. Nice. Nice. Uh, just go to iTunes, hit the five-star button, write nice or whatever else you want. We don't care. Just get us to 69. And guys, do not get us above 69 reviews. If we're at 69 and we go to 70, I'm going to be pissed. Just just for the record. Okay, let's get that. Yeah, let, let's just sit at 69 for a little bit. It's like a nice to, Christmas present. I'd like to hang there. I'd like to hang at 69. All I want for Christmas is 69. That's it. So. That's all. That's it. Rangers, my friend. Let's do the quick game recap. Uh, last Tuesday, we played the Penguins, the World world Stanley Champions. Look at me. The Stanley Cup Champions. We That was a game we started public, did not expect to win. And guess what, Gregory? Somehow, uh, we some way, we defeated the Pittsburgh Penguins on their ice. Or uh, was it on? No, it was, yeah, it was on our ice, right? Wait, I'm confused. I have it up. Uh, <laughs> Terrible. It was on their ice. I'm correct. I have the stats right here. I was watching, too, which is even worse. Um... This is the beginning of Matt Zuccarello week, I will call it. And I I might even name the podcast Matt Zuccarello week because the way he performed the entire week, just an unsung hero of this team who continually does nothing wrong and almost merits no criticism ever. And it's very weird to say that about a player on your team, but we'll get to that in a minute with Zuccarello. We beat the Pittsburgh Penguins. Pavlik looks okay. Okay, I don't want to defend him yet. I know people were, yeah, he had a 40 shot, 40, 41 save game uh, against the Stanley Cup champions. I know you're going to blow me up for saying this. I just wasn't ready to anoint him as the backup. He had one good game yet. I know he is the backup. I just, I don't trust him, Greg. I just still don't trust him. I know I'm uh, unreasonable about this. Yeah, it's kind of a personal problem if you don't trust him. I, I don't know what else. I, he's done nothing to warrant your distrust. You don't trust him because he played poorly as a Winnipeg Jet. I, I I don't know. It's Pavlik to me, it's not like Cam Talbot or Auntie Ranta were these heroes in shining armor when the Rangers signed them. They both had just as many warts as Pavlik did before they became Ranger full-time backups. Cam Talbot is a product of Alabama Birmingham, which is not necessarily a hockey hotbed. Uh, last I checked, I'm not even sure how they make ice down there. Yeah, what is that a thing? Who who plays Alabama? I I don't Cam Talbot and the Rangers made a what turned out to be NHL quality starting goaltender Took out of him, and then Ronta yeah. was a cast off of the Blackhawks. Like these guys came to the Rangers with warts and they became good. It's not like Pavlik can't do the same. Pavlik was fine against the Penguins, especially considering the defensive effort the Rangers put in front of him. That's I don't it. think. With an effort like that, you can really expect any goaltender to win on a consistent basis or even perform as admirably as Pavlik did. Like, yes, the Penguins put pucks off the post. So really, it's kind of a false flag, those 41 saves. At the same time, there's no guarantee the Rangers win that game if Hank is in goal. That's how bad the defensive effort was. Yeah, it was not great. And that's sort of a theme to the Rangers, even though we spent we thought we came into the season being like, wow, our defense looked really good. It's good on paper, but still the the person in charge of putting that 
on paper in the practice is Elaine Vino, and to expect the Rangers to be better defensively at, with Elaine Vino as their head coach was irresponsible of us, still, and I apologize for that. I'm still kind of mad I haven't worked on my AV impression. I really got to do that. Somebody hit me up on Twitter this week and yelled at me to work on it because um, I, I got to get one of those. I will say I'm looking at the uh, the scoring for this game right now. Phil Kessel's haircut and his mugshot is fucking hilarious. I love that guy. I would kill for best. Kessel to be a ranger. Oh, my God. He's the best. He's Phil, Phil Kessel is the fucking man. Fuck. And anyone to say differently is crazy. Just like, you know there are ranger fans that don't like Matt Zuccarello? Which, by the way, we're going to get it. I guess we'll get it to it now. Fuck it. Uh, Why not? I'm cursing a lot, too, today. I don't know what it is. Potty mouths. But Zuccarello, like, how could you not like him? He's I have no idea. the most scrappy player in the first place. He's literally 5'7", maybe 5'6". I'm not sure. He outplays. He's always hustling. There's never a time where he's not getting 110% of the ice. And he doesn't make mistakes. Can you remember the last time we flamed Zuccarello on this podcast? Have we ever? I don't think we've ever flamed Zuccarello on this podcast. I think the closest we came to speaking poorly of Zuccarello was implying that if the Rangers really wanted someone like Hampus Lindholm, they'd have to trade Zuccarello. And even then, we weren't even saying bad things about Zuccarello. We were just stating the fact of NHL trade making and what value for value would equal in a trade like that. It, I, I've never had a bad thing to say about Zuccarello in my entire life. Uh, me me I still either. Think, I still think to this day if Zuccarello doesn't get hurt, Rangers uh, win Stanley Cup. Yeah, and that hurts, huh? That that one feels pretty bad. It feels terrible, but like that's the that's the worst thing I can say about Zuccarello. If Zuccarello didn't get an unfortunate, uncontrollable injury, which, the Rangers which could have won a Stanley Cup. He lost the ability to speak. I don't think we touch on that enough, by the way. The guy had to relearn how to speak to play hockey again. That's crazy. Yeah, it's almost like. Uh, Tom Savage had a seizure on a football field, oh and God. he was on the field in five minutes after that. For, the NFL so The bad. NFL sucks, dude. Uh, oh right, can we God. talk about that for a minute? Segway, rant time. Uh, you posted so you posted that video um, of Tom Savage getting hit. He goes he, – his arms lock up and twitch, dude. He, has, he had a seizure. He had a full-on like that, that's, that's a fucking seizure. I, I've had one of those. Um, I've never really talked about this in the podcast. When I was younger, I fell down a flight of stairs, and I, I got into very serious condition, including ICU, and I woke up and didn't know who I was at one point. Tom Savage played football five minutes later, Greg. Are you fucking kidding me? How, how do you the do that? Player safety is a joke. Concussion protocol is uh, it's poor. And to be fair, um, to transition this back to the NHL, it's not like the NHL concussion protocol is any better. The fact that Mika Zibanejad was basically allowed to play an entire NHL game with a concussion. And yes, I know. I want to Z- believe it's a Zibanejad little Zibanejad himself didn't know or didn't feel like he had a concussion. But it's easy in hindsight to look at that hit Darren Helm gives to Zibanejad and how slow and groggy he was getting back to the bench. It should be someone's responsibility in the NHL, and it is someone's responsibility in the NHL, to see that hit and pulls Zibinijad from the game. Even if Zibinijad says he's fine, you have to put him through a series of tests to make sure. I, I agree with you, and I think player safety should go, but I, I think that's more reasonable that no one noticed. Those hits, sometimes they come and go. Guys get, get a little rattled, but it's not concussion symptoms, and obviously they're they're sore. That's just the part of the, the hockey game as we play, doing that hockey, as they would say. But the way Tom Savage is so blatantly having a seizure... And has a concussion. Like, there should be... I know there's not levels of concussions, but there should be levels of hits where you're like, that guy has to come out. There's no chance he's coming back in. 
Yeah, obviously it's not a one-to-one comparison comparing Savage to Zibanejad because Savage was so so obvious that something was wrong with him in the head that he needed to not just be not playing football but probably be hospitalized. And not playing uh, football for the rest of the season when his team's out of the playoffs. It doesn't. Like, uh, Tom Savage, dude, you have a life to live outside of playing football. And, okay, and I know the Ryan Shazier hit for Pittsburgh was a freak accident, but watching that and that clip is terrifying. They, people are asking, like, when is he going to play football again? What, what the hell are you yeah, talking about? Why would why would you want to play football again? Like, That's what I don't understand. That was my point. If you're, if you're Tom Savage or Ryan Shazier, you've made hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars playing this game, and your life almost ended for both of you. Why would you want to go back out there? Get, get a, your real estate license, man. Like, do something else. Get a financial advisor, invest, and sit back, dude. Enjoy your life. You know what I want Ryan Shazier to do for the rest of his life? Walk, Greg. I want him to be able to walk. That's It'd be what, nice. It'd yeah. be nice, right? Walking is underrated in my mind. Yeah. Take it for granted. I just, I'm sorry. I know we're doing the quick game recaps, but I feel very strongly about this. And I just, and then Wentz goes down the next, like, uh, on Sunday. And I know that's an injury. That's also a freak injury. And the NFL has no star power. None, dude. None. Everyone's hurt. Everyone, they don't protect their players. I just don't fucking get it. It's, it's, it's sad about Wentz because... Uh, I mean, it's not sad for me personally, but I'm going to give a personal story. I'm watching that game against the Rams, and I'm thinking to myself, I wonder if I can still get good odds on Carson Wentz as league MVP. And almost as immediately as I had that thought, he tore his knee up. And I was just like, well, this is why this is why I don't make future bets in the NFL, because everyone gets hurt. Yeah, everyone but Tom Brady, because he says, I have an elastic mind and elastic body. TB12, baby. He's going to, oh, and by God. the way. I, I personally love HGH, and I'm happy that Tom Brady does too. Same. Uh, and it should be allowed at this point. But you know what? They're going to win another Super Bowl. And I know we're not here to talk about football. I'm just fucking... No. I'm, all right, let's So back to, back, to, back to Pavlik and the Rangers' uh, goalie usage. This oh, is something... No, no, no. We, I want to I finish off this, this Pittsburgh game. Let's let's get back to the, that in a sure, second. But that, is that not about Pavlik and goalie usage? I guess it is, but I was going to talk about the magic of Pavel Buzhnevich, but you can finish off with that. No, well, I, I'm, here, I'm here to... Um, Talk about Pavel Buchnevich at all times. So. Oh, yeah, let's go with that real quick. We'll come back to the the, uh, the starting Pavlik tonight in a second. Pavel Buchnevich playing 40 chess in this game by shooting it at Latang and picking up his skate and it goes right into the goal. Uh, that guy's a magician, man. I'm ready to have him on my team for the rest of my life. Can I just marry he's so, him? He's so good. He doesn't and mean it's... to do it. And he, uh, the little smile he gets after he hits the board, like, <laughs> I should not have scored that. And I love my life. I just want to marry him. It's it's easy as that. Pavel Buchnevich is so good that he makes David DeHarnay look like a quality top line center. Isn't that scary? Like it's David DeHarnay. It's a guy that should not ever be playing above the third line and should be firmly entrenched in the bottom six. But because of injuries to the Rangers and Elaine Vino deciding against reshuffling the decks when it comes to his forward lines, he he plays between Pavel Buchnevich and Chris Kreider, and you think to yourself for a second. Maybe DeHarnay isn't all that bad. But really what it comes down to is maybe Chris Kreider and Pavel Buchnevich are just that good. That's really what it is in my mind. Here are two wingers at the peak of their powers who are offensive masterminds right now for this New York Rangers team. They are so good, they're making a replacement-level center look like a decent option in the top six. That's impressive. It, it really is. And we benched him, guys. We benched him for Tanner Glass. So... 
That was good. Uh, had great yeah, time. but would, right. he, would he have scored against Carey Price? <laughs> All right, uh, let's go to the next game, which was the Rangers-Capitals game, which, if you looked at the box score and saw the Rangers uh, lost 4-2 at the Capitals. On, by the way, Capitals 11-2 and in their last 13 on home ice. Pretty good, similar to us. Uh, seems like the home ice advantage is coming back pretty strong in the Metro this year, but this game was tied 2-2 with about three minutes left to go in the third. It was a very winnable game for the Rangers. Choked it up at the last second. Sometimes these are just games you end up losing. I'm not too mad about it. I thought the team played well. Michael Grabner continues to score some goals, uh, somehow empty net or not. And Jesper Fast continues his incredible play. And also being an underrated Ranger. Jesper, we talked a couple weeks ago at this point where we were both a little concerned about Jesper getting minutes with uh, Nash and Hayes. But that might honestly be the perfect line for him. He just plays so well off those two guys. And those that trio seemingly has chemistry on chemistry almost to the same point KZB does. They're fantastic. And Jesper, we're seeing him do things offensively that we have not seen him do ever in his NHL career. He's, he's making a jump in his game, and it is just lovely to see. You know what's funny? And I, this is going to sound weird. And we have it. And stick back with me, Greg. I'm, you might yell at me. We haven't done this in a long time. Okay. I think AB's done a pretty good job these last couple of games at the lines. The forward lines, yeah. Yeah, the forward lines. I think Yeah, 30 33% of his job he's done fine. I think yep, I'm going to give I we don't we don't do it Greg. We don't give AB credit. We have, we, sure. It's been a long but, time. But this, in in baseball when you go 1 for 3 and you do that consistently, that's a Hall of Fame career. You're a Hall career. of Famer. Yeah. Uh when you're a hockey head coach, I expect more than 33% approval rating totally understand and i get your point but i i do i do want to give him credit where credit's due the yes for fast line with with hayes and nash has been very effective vc although he sh- he's not a fourth line player looks pretty good on the fourth line right now have to say especially playing with Punievis, who's also elevated his game and it has been a revelation for us this season i'm i'm really not upset with our forward depth right now somehow in, in Deharnay, still the replacement level and looks above that, with like we just said, with Pavel Bushnevich and Chris Kreider. So I am, I've been sort of impressed with the way AB's handled his lines of recent. Now that could change. It could have changed tonight, guys. I didn't watch the, well, I did watch the Dallas game, but I'm not talking about it now because it has not happened. 6.55 p.m. on a Monday night. So uh, I will give him the credit there. Let's move on to, or let's, oh, hold, on, okay. hold on, hold on, hold on. The thing I see with Jimmy VC is every time the Rangers drop into the fourth line, he seemingly always scores. And my initial gut reaction is always to be like, well, this is why he should be on a higher line. But I've now think I need to change that too. Well, this is why he's perfect on the fourth line because the matchups he's getting on the fourth line actually allow him to highlight his offensive abilities in ways that don't exist when he's paired with Nash and Hayes and he's going up against better competition for lack of a better term. There's nothing wrong with Jimmy VC plucking goals on the fourth line, especially with how well Boo Nieves is playing. Boo Nieves has been fantastic. I, I would not have expected Boo to be this good when the Rangers called him up. I thought this was a guy that could float between the NHL and Hartford and have a middling NHL career. Now I think he's firmly entrenched in the Rangers lineup. And I, I don't want to think of a fourth line without Boo Nieves for the foreseeable future. I feel totally, uh, I feel exactly the same about Boo. I don't know what it is. He has that. He's played, he's played good. He's a two-way hockey player that brings a, a spark to that fourth line. And Jimmy VC is the perfect scoring forward to play with him because look, VC's game is unrefined, I think is the polite way to put it, but he's a goal creator and he can create scoring in the bottom six that other players on this Rangers team 
maybe Michael Grabner is one that can do it as well as someone that can float between the third and fourth line. But VZ, VZ, for whatever reason, is great on the fourth line. And I think the Rangers, instead of looking for excuses to bring him up to the top six, should just be happy that they're getting points from the fourth line. I totally agree. And I don't know about you, but I have this weird trust with Budievis. Like, I just feel like he's not really making the mistakes. Like, when, when Paul Carey's out there, I'm waiting. But Kempfer's out there, I'm waiting. But Boone Evans, I'm like, okay, let's see what he has. I, I, I'm happy in the, in the mistakes he make. I, I he makes. I'm kind of like, that's fine. It's a little bit of growing development. The other two guys are just flaming them and screaming. As, uh, as, as much grief as we've given Paul Carey, I think it's important to note that he's been perfectly fine the last week. Yeah, it's been it's fine. He's been he's been a fourth line winger the he's, last. He's week. been unnoticeable, and that's all I want him to be. He had a, I mean, he had a great pass on the VC goal. Fair. That's fair. He did. It was right across the middle, right? I'm, I, I think so. Yeah, it was a little drop-off pass right in front of. Uh, oh, dude, the the Kincaid, our, all right, our guy, Kincaid, our guy. Who? Let's get to the Devils game now. Actually, let's do it. Uh, Kincaid played very well in this game, despite letting up five goals. By the way, and looked. Uh, I, I got some tweets at me saying, you know, this is the guy you wanted, and I was like, yeah, man, he was played well. The the defense wasn't giving him much. Uh, I still think he's better than Pavlik. Just saying, but Rick Nash. Your friend, Rick Nash, had an incredible pass to our, our underrated Jesper Fast. And Rick Nash played well this whole game, along with Matt Zuccarello, who was an absolute force in this game. Not only did Matt Zuccarello save two goals, uh, pretty much played defense, he had a, one of the best turnovers I've seen all year where he blatantly outplays uh, a Devils defenseman, somehow uses his tiny, like, has the reach disadvantage. I was going to call it tiny reach, that's dumb. Reach disadvantage, comes over, makes a spin move, and then makes a breakaway for a goal. Matt Zuccarello took over this game by his damn self and won it for us. Yeah, well, Zook's got short arms, but I think Zook has one of the longest sticks in the NHL, and oh. I think that's a well-known fact. Oh. So I think he makes up Phrasing. in his reach advantage. Uh, wow, he might also have one <laughs> hey, of those. Hey, look, the Rangers have a really good track record on Hogs. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that, <laughs> that is, let, let, let's just say it's a big dick locker room. It's a big dick locker play, room. Players play, shoot, shoot. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, and it's that game... No, no disrespect to our good friend Jeff Belinsky, who is probably going to listen to this podcast. Absolutely, I'll get, that, I'll get a text tomorrow. That game is the reason why I think the Devils are the prime candidate to fall out of the playoff picture in the Metropolitan Division. They're just there's they got off to such a hot start, and everyone was playing so well to begin the season. But that team has so many holes, and you know what? That team is supposed to have that many holes because they're not done with their rebuild yet. Their, their, their clock has been early this entire season because that's how good Nico Heischer has been. Taylor Hall has been fantastic. Will Butcher has been great offensively. Uh, I think he can still work on his game defensively. Sammy Vatanen, who came over in the trade, is still trying to get his feet underneath him in New a, Jersey. An incredible trade, though, by the way. Good for them. It, it's, a, it's a great deal. And at the same time, the Ducks, I think, are very happy with it, too, because Henrique has been great in uh, Los, uh, Anaheim. But the, you can see why this Devils team has more growing to do in that Ranger game. They're, they're just not quite there yet in terms of possession, and the defense has got some work to do. But the great news about if you're a Devils fan is that team is super young. It's only going to get better, and they still have a, just so much cap room to play with moving forward that I, I, I would be excited if I was a Devil fan. And as for our boy Keith, all I'm going to say is uh, Keith – I think Keith had a perfectly fine weekend after the Ranger game. He he did all right for himself. Yeah, I think he did okay. Um, listen, it was a good week for us, including Matt Zuccarello, four points this week. I didn't expect to 
to, I mean, it's, it's the Metro is not easy, guys. It's not. No. And I was, I'll, we took I'll two add this. Three let's, games. Let's, circle, let's circle back to Pavlik. There was no reason for Pavlik not to start that game against the Devils. No reason. Zero. Hank, have to, Hank was incredible. We, I know. He was absolutely classic Hank, but Pavlik should have started. I don't know how many times. I, this, this is going to be back to back weeks where I have this Hank rant, and I also had the rant in today's Breakaway Takeaways. Which you can read on our new website hey, because nice, it's dope. Nice, nice plug. Um, yeah, that, that's that's a Organic. it's a native plug right there. It's just Henrik Lundqvist is on pace to play over seventy games this year. He hasn't done that in a, about eight years, and he's thirty five years old. Yeah, there is no reason for Henrik Lundqvist to be playing this much. And my argument is fine if you want to argue that the Rangers had plenty of days between games in the month of November. That's fine. But then you have a stretch like this where the Rangers from Saturday to this coming Saturday are going to play five games in seven days. And now you have to start Pavlik against teams you otherwise probably wouldn't want Pavlik to start against. You have to get Henrik some rest. And he's a 35-year-old goaltender that shouldn't be starting Friday night in Washington and then again Saturday night in New York City. He shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, but Greg, did you consider that it was a big game? Oh please! I know. I know you're just kidding, but um, the, yes, two points matter just as much in December as they do in April. But the 29th game of the year, when you're playing the Devils at home, who are also on the second end of a back-to-back, that is. If that's here's my problem with the two points are important regardless of the month. If that's the case, then Henrik's playing 82 games. You can make that argument about any game you want to start Pavlik in. Oh, it's a big, it's a big game. We need the two points. Every game's a big game in a vacuum. You need two points every night, especially with how competitive the Metro is. I don't want to hear it. You have to rest Hank. If if a game on December 10th is so important that you need Henrik Lundqvist to start that game and possibly miss games in April because he's hurt, tired, or out of gas. I, what do you want? You can't You can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't. Get Hank some fucking rest. He should have been getting rest before this. If it was so important for him to play that back-to-back, he should have had like two games off before that back-to-back. I totally agree. Uh, I, I know he was sick and didn't play the game before that, but come on. And guys. Pavlik looked fine. Yeah. Pavlik had 41 saves against the defending Stanley Cup champs. And we didn't play him. And we didn't play him in two games against... As good as the Devils have been, you can start a backup goalie against the Devils and have a great, as good of a chance to win. Especially when the Devils are starting their backup goal. The Devils rested Corey Schneider in what was equally a big game for them. I, it, I, it, it, every week I have a new thing that pisses me the fuck off about Elaine Vigneault. And if it wasn't going to be the goaltender usage this week, it was probably going to be Nick Holden. Yeah, so, well. Nick Holden, Nick Holden can thank... Elaine fucking Vino that I'm not flaming him this week because I'm just too angry about goalie usage. I would love Nick Holden to call us and be like, I don't care. <laughs> I just one day I really want to speak to Nick Holden. Like pretty bad. I hope we can get him on here at some Well, he'll be a free agent this summer. And our track record with defenders we talk about often enough on this podcast is the day they become free agents, like, they usually come on the Nick, podcast. We flamed you a lot. Please come on. <laughs> we we'll have to we'll have to call him Holds, Holds. because that's what Clenny told told us to call him. That's true. Uh, last topic before we get to our guests that are coming on. I guess we could talk about the upcoming schedule really brief too. But before that, Eric Carlson may be on the trade block, my friend. Somehow the Ottawa Senators have asked him for his no trade list. 
That has not come out yet, or at least to my knowledge has not come out yet. Do we have any chance? Zero. I would say. Uh, I know I've said 15% before, but it's not I don't think I don't think the Rangers have zero chance. I just I don't know why the Rangers would want to do it. Uh, especially when you consider the, you can't sign if let's let's be brutally honest for a second and say there's no way the Rangers would be able to sign both Ryan McDonough and Eric Carlson. There's no way. And they are going to be free agents at the same time. Mm-hmm. So if if you want to trade for Carlson, the first person you should include in the trade is probably Ryan McDonough because there's just no way for you to have both. That it, feels it bad, guys. Possible. And, and like, I know you guys are yelling I, at the radio right now, but Eric Carlson's a top five defender maybe ever. Yeah, it's it's really – when you think about it, Eric Car- – as much as we love Ryan McDonough. And, and we the, do. Ryan McDonough love on this podcast is never-ending. I With Matt Zuccarello, I don't know if we've ever said a bad thing about Mac that wasn't because of an injury. Right. Like, I think every time we've criticized his play, we've added that with he's definitely playing hurt. Yep, I, I um, totally agree. But – Eric Carlson's better than Ryan McDonough. And we are not breaking news by saying that. Yeah, we're not taking um, hot takes here. If if you want Carlson, I don't know how you get him without including Brady Shea. And I don't know how you get him without including JT Miller. Or maybe even Heedle. I think you can do it without Heedle. But I there's no way the trade happens without it being either Shea and or Miller as a centerpiece. And I think it's it gets a lot more complicated if you try to do it Shea or Miller. I think it's much more likely to do Shea and Miller. And for a team like the Rangers who aren't exactly – if the Rangers were cup contenders, it'd be one thing. Mm-hmm. But I, the Rangers aren't – they're better with Eric Carlson. I'm not trying to say they're not. But long term, I don't know if the Rangers are necessarily a better long-term team if they have to move Shea – and Miller in order to get Carlson. I think that might be, I, I think they would be. I think at the end of the day, you take the talent. I, th- I And I love JT Miller and Shea. I want to, I love this team, guys. I, there's so many players on this team I want for a long time. I think we have a lot of talent. Eric Carlson's a legend. A goddamn legend. And Yeah, and he would absolutely fucking eat up the chance to play with Henrik Lundqvist. Yeah, he would. They, By the way, they're friends. So, uh... I would do that trade. I think the it would be centered around the only player I wouldn't really want to trade at all is Pavel Buchnevich, but that might have come up too. To be honest, I don't. I don't think it would. It, the The reason why I don't think the uh, the Senators would do the trade is the Rangers would insist on including Ryan McDonough, and I, in a, it, on one hand, you can see the Senators liking that package because then they can just flip McDonough and get even more assets, um, mm-hmm. but. I would I would think a Ranger trade would be McDonough, Miller, a first round pick, and someone like Jimmy VC. And I and even then I I don't think you have an agreeable trade. And but and, and, you're at least you're at least giving up those four assets. And Carlson's not agreeing to a contract extension right away, probably. And it's a year it's a year and four months of Carlson. Even if he was, you have to be comfortable with giving him. As much as I love Carlson, he is a player with a long history of injuries. Uh, you have to be comfortable giving him $10 million a year, if yeah, not more. If not more. And that is that is a big pill to swallow. But if you're asking me today what I think a Rangers-Carlson package would look like, it would be McDonough, Miller, VC, and a first-round pick. I think it might be even more. 
and that's scary. But uh, all right, I think that's it for today. We have one more piece of news. That's Mika Zvinajad skating again. It's non-contact, but. Yeah, he's got a – Ivino said today he has to get a practice under his belt before he can come into the lineup, which probably means he's not playing for the Rangers before this weekend. But I'm, I'm excited to be wrong, and he'll probably be in the lineup Wednesday because I just said that. If, if I'm the Rangers, I'm not getting Zibanejad in the game before this weekend. He's probably going to play next week. That's my goal. And upcoming schedule real quick. I don't have the national holidays. Sue me. I'm so sorry. I'm the worst podcast host ever. Uh, it is this week we're playing tonight against the Stars. You guys have already watched that game. Nice job. There's Wednesday we're playing the Senators and therefore aforementioned Eric Carlson. Kings on Friday at home. And then on Saturday we played the Bruins before you hear from us. We're in, up in Boston for that one. So interesting week for the Rangers. Teams that are obviously still at the playoffs hunt here for all, all three of those. Kings being a very good team. Bruins being sort of middling but yet sticking around. Senators also always a pain in the ass for us for some reason. So it'll be uh, an interesting week for the Rangers. Let's move on yeah, to... Oh, sorry. Well, speaking, well, just speaking of the Senators, if you're looking for a more realistic trade target, Derek Broussard, pending free agent at the Senators, are looking to sell off. <laughs> it would be really funny to have him back. I'd, it's, it's definitely a possibility. If the Senators are going to sell, there's no reason the Rangers shouldn't be back in the Derek Broussard business. All right. And it wouldn't cost me. It wouldn't cost me because of Benajad to get him. I would love to have Broussard back. By the way, it'd be great. I would. I would love that. It doesn't. That actually phenomenal. That actually phenomenal doesn't sound so center. bad right now. That sounds awesome. It, it's it's great. <laughs> and you're again the the price to get Broussard is not going to be nearly as much as the Senators paid. Ooh, you're I, talking about a guy on the last couple months of his contract. I like this. Ooh, now you got me excited. It won't happen. Just planning. Just planning that scene. It won't happen, but I like it. All right, let's move on. We're going to bring on the guys from the Knicks wall. We were on their podcast. If you want to listen to an hour and 20 minutes of us extra this week, for some reason, they were like, we're guests, and we stayed the whole podcast, which was nice. I had a great time with those guys. Um, and so we had such a great time, we decided to bring them on again. So we have Anthony and uh, Giancarlo, I mean Kyle, who's going to come on. We're going to talk Knicks and some other stuff, I'm assuming, Greg? Definitely some other stuff you're assuming, Greg. Nice. All right, let's transition to that. Trent. Hey, we're back with the Knicks Wall Podcast. I have Anthony Corbo and Kyle Giancarlo Stanton Maggio with us. We were on their podcast yesterday. Mm-hmm. You can listen to that at the KnicksWall.com. Did I say that correctly, guys? Yep. Yep. What's going on, yep. Everyone? yep. The the official MSG crew together again. It's a takeover. The takeover. You know what, MSG? Just hit us up. I'm just saying. It's not, like, you know, it's not like you guys are doing podcasts. We're, we could we be all... PG, I think. Yeah, we we could all use no. <laughs> I don't know if we can be PG. That might be the line where they ask, can you guys actually not swear? And we'd be like, eh, eh probably fucking not. Probably not. Be mojo. So listen, guys. 60... Oh, go ahead, Greg. I'll let you. I was just going to say 60% of what we do is just curse. It's oh, really it. Yeah. It's we, true. We mostly curse Did on these podcasts. Have you back to the episode from last night yet? I have not. I listened back to it. I did it uh, when I was editing it, and then I listened back to it again today, and... Oh my, I don't think we've swore as much on any other podcast than we did last night. Most, you are welcome. Second, but. Most people, when they tag us anywhere, they just do hashtag potty mouths. And I, I like appreciate it at this point. Because we're nice guys, but we like to curse a little bit. It's, you know, we want to be there like we're in the locker room. Like we're guys talking sports, bros. Yeah, we don't let the man hold us down. Yeah. We get these cusses out whenever we want. I don't want to get my, my professional hot takes like, you know what? They had, they played a good stern hockey game. You got to love the way they play hockey. I just don't want to do that. They fucking scored a great goal. I want to say it. And you know what? On the flip side of what Kyle was saying, like, shouts to my mom and dad who listen to my podcast. 
And you know, and whenever I go home and ask them about it, and they're like, "The one piece of feedback I have for you: Do you guys have to swear so much?" <laughs> We've gotten mixed results on the swearing. Sometimes we get the "I love that you guys swear," and other times we get the grandpa who wants to murder us. So you know, it's it's a mixed bag. Grandpa. Yeah, grandpa. I miss I miss grandpa. I have a, one, I have a TKW fan in particular, but I'm not going to shout her out on here. Oh, her. Get oh, it. We get oh, it. Oh, hey. Look at you. Sick, sick brag. Yeah, yeah, what a brag. Jesus Christ. This, this is the grandpa, or I guess the grandma, really, of TKW here. Wow, but. sick brag still. Um, <laughs> listen, Talk guys, about you, listen, guys, we talk, we brought you out to talk a little bit about the Knicks. Uh, we gave you the down low on the Rangers yesterday on your podcast. Give me the down low of what's going on, on the other side of MSG for you guys. <sighs> it's not uh, all bad. Yeah, it's not all bad. It, it's, it's very... Um, it's uncharted territory almost. I don't really know what's going on. Winning, you mean? Yeah, winning, like, kind of hovered around a 500 record. Like, it's been about three years of us kind of having, like, I think last year and the year before we had our win totals were off by one game, I think. So, and the year before that wasn't any better. It's just been, like, regression and, like, just really, really, like, we had Phil Jackson. It was just sad. Everything was just sad for a while. And this is the first time where things aren't quite super sad. Yeah, it, it's middling for sure, but there's a hint of optimism. Just a hint, like a sprinkle, not too much, just a little, little, itty bitty bit. Mm, I like that. Now, I'm going to do a callback here. Yesterday, the four of us talked about possible Knicks assistant coaches. I need one of you to explain to me how the Knicks would not be a better team if they just brought back Steve Novak in what on like a, uh, are you propositioning yourself for an assistant coaching position right now? Are you just I'm, actually Steve? Are you Steve Novak? I think I own as many Steve Novak jerseys as Steve Novak does. Um, I'm just saying we have Dougie McBuckets who is basically Steve Novak 2.0. Couldn't Novak be the 13th man slash assistant coach? He's like, he's like a better her when you really think about it. He could be the new age white Herb Williams, to be honest. Herb yeah, was around I, forever, and he looked like he could have just rolled right into the game whenever he wanted to. So you bring up a compelling point. I think there is a alternate universe that exists where Steve Novak is currently doing that. Here's, here's the thing. I don't want an alternate universe. Give it to me in this universe. <laughs> just give me Steve Novak. That guy is a legend. I guess he's, no he's easily one of the five greatest Knicks of our generation. If we can see, um, I only say bring back Novak if they get Jr. back and they're both coaches. I think Jr. could teach these uh, these Knicks this Knicks team a little bit of attitude that they need to keep this winning streak alive. And then Novak, you know, Novak's there oh, to teach them the touch. Shit, guys, I, I, have great, I have great breaking news. On, oh, what's fe- on February second, Steve Novak was released by the Bucks. He's yeah, free. I thought so. <laughs> so, listen, he's free to do anything. He, he could coach. He's available. And while he's available, let's just do a whole Marquette reunion. I've always wanted Darius Johnson Odom on the Knicks, and I feel like this is an opportune time. Wait, I have one more game to play. How old is Steve Novak? Don't look. 30, 30, 30, 33. Uh, I'm just going to go higher just because I can't pick the same. I'm going to go 35, looks 47. I thought he was 47. Okay. He's 34 years old. I could have sworn he was 46. Like wrong. nobody, nobody knows my man's like I know Steve Novak. Jeez, oh, okay. Sorry. And how dare you say he looks 47, Kyle? 
<laughs> you're right, you're right. Yeah, he has an age today over 42. You're right. I'm sorry. How dare you? How dare you? Uh, I want to just punch you in your cute face right now. The pup or Kyle? The, not never the pup. This is this is a dog friendly podcast. Oh, we're, we're dog guys here. Never the um, pup. If it was a cat, yeah, sure. Cats aren't real things, so it's I have fine. A cat. It's okay. It's terrible. Yeah, that, that's exactly the reaction. I don't think anyone owns a cat that's just like these are exceptional. Everyone's like, yeah, you know, he no. just comes. He visits once a week. He does what he wants. There's two types of people with cats. It's either you think cats. Well, there's three. There's you're Greg and you hate cats. You're like <laughs> cats are okay, me. or you are obsessed with cats. Cats are your whole <laughs> life. There's no in between those three things. <laughs> I kind of I don't even know if cats are from this planet, man. I'm way out on cats. I'm I've had a conspiracy out. for a while that cats might actually be, you know, the alien life forms we've been looking for all this time. I watched Planet Earth, and I'm pretty sure most of the stuff on this planet isn't from this planet. It's pretty. Have incredible. you seen like a cat jump from like the ceiling? Pretty much, ma- pretty much. Like, think of the highest shelf in like your house. Oh, oh you've I- definitely witnessed your cat jump from that shelf and leap to the ground and walk away on. And I'm glad that you brought this up because I'll tell you when I realized I was way out on cats. It was. I was staying at my cousin's house, and I used to stay there, like, for two weeks in the summer all the time. And they had cats. And they used to have one cat, and it would just be – it was an outdoors cat, which I don't understand that fucking concept. Why even – it's not your cat if it's an outdoors cat. That's like, oh, I own an outdoors fox. I don't own the fox. The fox just lives fucking outdoors. The fox it makes no me. sense. Yeah. So anyway. Do you expect a cat to survive out there, too? I mean, <laughs> that, I don't even care it's a great question. Cat. It's a great question. But – I digress. They got a second cat, and then the outdoor cat decided to become an indoor cat to hang out with the second cat. Anyway, they colluded together one of the times I was staying over, and I'm sleeping on the couch, and all of a sudden I feel this thing like rub against my head, like the back of my head. So I reach back to go pet what I know was a cat behind me, and it's gone, disappeared. I turn the light on, hit the lamp, gone. Don't, I don't even see it in the living room, right? Like, okay, whatever. About 10 minutes later, I go up to get a drink of water. It's like 2 in the morning. I open the fr- uh, refrigerator door. And right at the top of the refrigerator, peering down at me, is both cats. No, no, thank you, not ever. Yeah, is this cat's <laughs> name? Is this cat's name Pennywise? Like, what the fuck is going on here? I don't, I don't know, but it was in that moment I knew I was going to die. All I know is I that my, my cat's a total asshole, and he now knows the thing where he looks at me and pushes shit off shelves, and that's the worst thing ever. Because that's I'm asleep when he does that, and he just taunts me. It's he's a piece of shit. Up. I hate him. He knows. He like takes my picture of Avril Lavigne on my desk. Don't talk. I don't want to talk about it. That's but then he like just no, pushes it off. You just opened a whole new conversation. <laughs> okay. Why do I have I could a shake your hand right now? Okay. Didn't, didn't you guys hear about that Avril, Avril Lavigne conspiracy, the, the conspiracy theory from the summer? You mean Michelle? Yeah, she... <laughs> <laughs> I just put. I just took my picture of Avril Lavigne that's framed on my desk and I put it on the screen. Um, how, how did I get this? You ask. I, 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 yes. I, I, will, I will explain. My roommate uh, went to the dollar store, and if I zoom in, you'll see here it has. A 8x10 sticker on it. They were using oh. Avril Lavigne's picture as the placeholder at the dollar store for frames. So we decided to buy a bunch. And now I have them all over my house. Anyway. Okay. I'm, I'm happy we brought up Avril I mean. Lavigne because now I can quote my Tinder profile to you guys. Oh, which Tinder, is simply, Tinder plus Greg. Which is simply, he was a boy, she was a girl. Can I make it any more obvious? Wow. Bravo. Wow, that is, that is, that is top notch. So it's about as close to a 10 out of 10 of a profile as you can get. You're not liking me and for my life, so I have to give you some fun. Yeah, you got to be funny. Anyway, we're talking about sports, right? Yeah, no, yeah. I think that I'm all, I'm all in on fuck <laughs> cats. It's, I can go on for hours. <laughs> uh, we're gonna get so much cat having having fuckers like you in New York is the reason why we should feel optimistic about these teams. Yeah, of course. Be, uh, people at least who we'll have be Avril Lavigne right? pictures on their desk. 
that that's right. <laughs> those kind of people. Um, that's that's M- not MSU weird. will always be entertaining, man. If I told you the stuff around my desk right now, you'd be very surprised. I have a Rich Hill bobblehead doll from when he played for the Long Island Ducks. I have the Avril Lavigne uh, photo. I have uh, Pokemon statues. I don't want to talk about my life anymore. Yeah. I take it back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look at so, this. Yeah. Brings, bring, <laughs> brings me to my next question for our, the Knicks wall bros. Do you think having a father figure in your life is why you're a Knicks fan? <laughs> oh, my God. No, no, because I don't have a father, so I don't. I, 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 I can't believe I do this every time. Every time I bring up dads, it, it, it breaks news to me that people don't have dads. No, but it works out because then, first of all, I'm the right guy for this because I don't get heartbroken. But oh, the wait, best we, part we have more is, no dad people. Yeah, this is the are best. you one too? Oh, I'm a no dad guy all the way, baby. All right, high five, <laughs> high five. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, the best part is the Knicks can't break my heart. I'm ready. I'm already cold inside. That's it. I'm the perfect Knicks fan. Mm. I just keep coming back. Imagine working with this guy. Imagine, mm. I mean, I really, this is this is honestly like quasi Ryan and quasi Greg. Where <laughs> Cor- Corbo Corbo is more just I can't believe I'm doing this, and then Kyle is like I have no love in my life, and it's <laughs> it's really just like looking at a reflection of different beard bros and being. We exist in the Knicks world. It's it's just fantastic. I've made a comparison before. It's uh, that's that's why I thought this would be such a good idea. It, it has <laughs> turned out pretty well so far. Um, we want to actually talk about a topic we forgot to bring up at, at the top of the show. You guys, you guys follow hockey loosely, I'm assuming, as you know, you're yes, uh, you. very loose, and that's fine. Uh, casual hockey fans are all welcome here. That being said, uh, you'll notice that the Golden Knights entered the league this year, and they were aptly named mm-hmm. the Golden Knights. A dumb name. Mm-hmm. I think we could all it is, a, it is a dumb name. It's Agreed. dumb as hell. On this podcast, on this very podcast, Bushwick's Breakaway, for many, many weeks, we talked about in the summer when we had no content, the Las Vegas team should be named the Las Vegas Aces. Greg, take it away. It, it just, everything about it made perfect sense in my mind. You would have in the bag four alternate jerseys because you can do Aces in each mm-hmm. suit. Yep. It's just a good gimmick because you're in Las Vegas. It's Sin City, gambling, all of this. Guess what they announced today as the expansion WNBA franchise in Las Vegas? The Aces. They took our Are fucking you fucking name. kidding me? Are you they, listening to the podcast? I I want royalties. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I could use the money. Oh, you got to give us credit. Greg could really use the money, guys. I can. Um, re- this is not a joke. Uh, it's it blows my. On one hand, I'm thrilled <laughs> because Aces is still a great name, and I'm happy that someone's using it. It's going to be fun to see used for a professional team. On the other hand, fuck you guys. Are you kidding me? Give me some. Hey, I'll be in Vegas next month if you want me to talk to someone. Yeah, about it. listen, Andy. everybody. I want you to talk to everybody about it. Listen to me closely. Anthony, you're going to be there. Find them. Tell them Blue Shirts Breakaway wants royalties. You work for us. You're there. You're our hitman. I mean, bouncer. I mean, guy who's a protector. Or, you quote unquote, a river guy. And just go ahead and find somebody that you can get royalties for us because we need them. We don't make. Well, just be honest. Our website made $2.12 last month. We could use some well, money. Well, that kind of brings me to my point. Like, I'll do this all for I mean, you. Million can I be a Patreon subscriber at least? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Of course. You, wanna, you, right. wanna, you want in on the Discord, is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Let, let me in, and then because that's how we're gonna have to communicate. And we I'll, can... yeah, I'll, I got nothing. I actually am going out there for work, so I'll have a lot to do. But I'll find some time in my schedule. And uh, wait, yeah. is this your first time in Vegas or no? I went when I was 
12. Does, does it count? Yeah, if, if you can't gamble, it doesn't count. It doesn't count. As someone, as someone who went to Vegas when they were 10 to see Bon Jovi in concert, there's a story. Uh, it, you don't, it doesn't count if you don't go to Vegas and you're 21. does not count. Fair. Um, That's fair. Can That's I give fair. you a recommendation? Please. If, if you're a food guy, and I don't know if you know this about me, food guy, uh, food you guy. have to go to the Wynn Buffet, W-Y-N-N. It's a very mm-hmm. bougie, ritzy hotel. The buffet mm-hmm. is a little bit pricey, but my friend... It is worth it. Spend the three hours there like I did. And just get the beer price where they just keep feeding your beers for three hours and eat everything under the sun. The quail. The the buffalo meatloaf. Quail. Yeah. Unlimited crab legs. All the dessert you could stuff in your face. It's some of the best food I've had. It was like 65 bucks, and I don't regret it at all. That's rad. I, I would do the um I would do the same thing. I think I work in a I work in service industry. I work for this bar. Uh, so I think we got everything pretty much comped. Oh, never mind. Have a great uh, time for everything for free. I'm sorry, pretty, I, I had to pay. Pretty rad, but yeah, um, yeah. I got uh, next time in Chicago. I got plenty of recommendations for you: bougie hotels, bougie restaurants, whatever you need. I would just like to point out that Ryan is the guy that tells you to go to Vegas for the food. Greg is the guy that tells you to go to Vegas for other reasons. <laughs> well, yeah, that's fine. I will. I wonder uh, what those uh, could be. There's a lot of great shows it's, it's like Johnny Osmond and <laughs> Penn I, Teller. I, That's I what too, Greg's talking about. I too, I too am talking about eating. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, I can't. I'm just gonna leave it. Um, <laughs> where were we? Exactly oh yeah, that. pay us, guys. That's all I'm saying. We need money for eating. Question mark. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's get Speaking back to the Knicks. <laughs> yeah. What, where do we go now? I don't even know where we're we going. Were you going to ask us anything about the Knights, or was it just... No. Uh, no, I just, I'm just angry about the v- okay. Aces being a name and we not just wanted to get your take I like on, it. I on do agree. Golden Knights, Golden Knights is a shit name. I like your name better. Um, well, it's not ours anymore. It's yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. I will give you my support at least. My point is that I'm not shitting on the WNBA, but the, if the NHL, the NHL has more power than WNBA, I don't think that's like a hot take. You guys couldn't get the Aces? I thought the reason they couldn't get Aces was for like legal reasons. The WNBA was like, no, nah, we got this. We'll just take it. The NH- I think the NHL's on-record reason was they didn't want to be associated with gambling. You're in mm. Vegas. You're too big. <laughs> you are quite literally going to be associated with gambling no matter what you do. You're the, in fucking Vegas. The people that are watching your games are gambling before and after the game. And during, perhaps. Probably during. Ugh, okay. Um, guys, we talked yeah. about this in depth on your podcast. If you guys want to hear us talk about why the Knicks should tank on on – in, on the Knicks Wolf podcast, you have to go and download that. But is there a particular player on the Knicks other than Porzingis that if you're sort of a casual Knicks fan like myself, you should be watching out for this year other than, you know, the big star himself? Kyle, let's get three each. Wow. Let's, uh, I'm going to go with, uh, the obvious one here is Frank Nielakina. Watch this kid play. Like, just look at, like, I saw him up close and personal over the weekend and he like, he never has a game where he's going to do everything astoundingly, like kind of Porzingis started putting together at the beginning of the season, but he's like, he'll have a game where he'll be look great on defense or he'll be knocking down threes all night, or he'll be dishing out and everything seems to be going down from the next guy. And he's just, he's built really strangely. He's like six, five He's a point guard. He's 19. Uh, he's the future of the Knicks. And uh, I think him alongside Porzingis and someone else in there uh, is kind of your way to go. 
The other two I'm going to go with is Doug McDermott because he's had a couple of nice games, including last night, um, where he is just he's I, he's just balling. It's a lot of different things he's doing. He's dunking. He's uh, he's playing defense all right. He's putting up threes like it's nobody's business. And then the last guy is Courtney Lee, having a career year at like 32, 33 years old. Uh, special mention, Michael Beasley. Okay. Um, solid, solid. Uh, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start with my lesser ones and then work my way up. I'm gonna go uh, Lance Thomas, co-captain, just because he doesn't play every game. But what he does usually balls out to some degree. Um, just a really good lockdown defender, good veteran guy who could just not hang around at all in his career until the Knicks. Um, then he was with us in that lottery season that got us KP, and he's been with us ever since. I have an affinity for this guy. I don't care if he plays 20 minutes or two minutes or zero minutes. Um, whenever he comes in, he, it's just a certain level of intensity that you would want to enjoy. That's why I think he's stuck around in New York for so long. Second guy, real quick, Kylo Quinn. Great beard. If we all great, appreciate beards here. Excellent. Big beard guys. Big beard guys. Huge beard guys. So um, there's that. And then the third one is Ennis uh, Cantor. Because, Cantor. yeah, fun fact uh, for you guys. He actually has not missed a single bus, uh, basket within two feet of the rim in the paint. That's a lie, but you get my point. He's right. automatic. He's, <laughs> he's automatic. He, uh, every, like, and when he does miss, we, we mentioned this yesterday, when he does miss, he literally gets his own rebounds. It's like he knows exactly where to shoot just in case he misses because he's going to just position himself for that spot to get the rebound. So, um, And he's been a lot of fun, and not just on the court where he's really taken a little bit of a stride this year with his own improvement, but um, – He's also just a fun guy to listen to. He loves – he's a big Knicks wall guy, and I wish I was making that up, but he's actually a big Knicks wall guy. Uh, he retweets our stuff, sometimes steals our pictures without credit. Shout out to Dennis Cantor. Please just yeah, give us credit sometimes. But um, but he yeah, but he retweets us a lot. By the way, our stuff. he's not listening to this. I guarantee you. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You never know. Oh, I do. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> – but, uh, yeah, so uh, love Ennis, love what he's been doing. Uh, a lot of fans really just love him. They've really taken to him. So those are my three. So now here's a here's a question. You mentioned your love have- of Kylo Quinn. Do you guys call him the Big Irish, or is that only an us thing? Oh, that's only a you thing, but I really like that. I really like that. Just, just you, add you are, I, will, I will give you credit. You you can use Big Irish. All you have to do is Big Irish courtesy of Blue Shirts Breakaway. That's it. Of course. Every time I say it. That's it. Of course. Um, listen. I need to know if you're gonna make you're gonna trade any of those players midseason. I feel like the obvious ones are Courtney Lee. Am I am I correct? The obvious ones. I was gonna say Kylo Quinn also, but I think he might be staying as a Nick. Correct? Kylo Quinn's fun to have as a Nick. Like he's got some value, but it's it's decreased in the last couple of weeks. Like the only reason, the only way he was gonna get moved this season if like there was like an absolute player who becomes available like while he was good and like you know October, early November or so. Uh, but yeah, Courtney Lee is the obvious one. Like. He's having a career year right now. He's 33 years old. Um, he's looked good in any spot you put him in. His defense is solid. He's knocking down shots from wherever. You can even get to the rim a little bit. He can ball handle a little bit. He's kind of like your all-around guard and an outstanding vet to have around all these guys. Uh, and so that's exactly the reasons why you want to trade him right now. He's on a, con- a not too bad of a contract. I think it's like $11 million, which to hockey fans probably sounds pretty extreme. But... No, I wear basketball contracts. They're insane. Yeah, Good for those guys. Yeah, yeah. Seriously. Not, not so, yeah, shouts. But, uh, but yeah, for every reason I want to trade him is every reason I want to keep him, basically. 
Um, I could see a team like the Pistons signing going for him. They seem like a he seems like a Piston player. I'm not sure why. Uh, but I I'm not sure what he the value might, of, of him is. Yeah, that's the whole thing. Like he might be a little uh, redundant with the Pistons next to Avery Bradley. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're always due for a shakeup, so you never know. Uh, honestly, I think the best fit for him is probably the Cavaliers. I think yeah. they they are in dire need of containing the Warriors in the finals on the perimeter. And you could have no shortage of savvy, veteran, but still very, very capable, above-average defenders on your team to just throw at them in waves and just pray to God that they can stop them. I know you guys are our Knicks team, but God damn it, how good is LeBron? He's so goddamn good, it bro. It makes me so upset. He, I know we like kind of missed out. We're all, I don't know how old you guys are. Me and Greg are 28. Uh, I watched some Michael when I was young. I wasn't, I'm not, I wasn't old enough to appreciate it. This might be the last time we ever see someone like this. He is 15 years into his career, an absolute monster, and maybe having his best statistical season, and now has an old man game and a three-point shot? Like, are you kidding me? Well, that's actually, on the three-point shot, that's funny because um, when I stopped hating LeBron, because I, I talked myself into in 2010 that, like, we had yeah, a real shot. We all did. Because I was a, yeah, because I was an idiot. I was young. I was an idiot. You do what you got to do. But um, for, like, two years, while the Knicks were, like, pretty good as, the, as they played the Heat, I, I hated LeBron. I hated the Heat. And then I remember, I think it was the second Heat year. It was the second or the third Heat year. And I remember saying to myself, like, you know, my big critique of LeBron and why I hated LeBron, I was like, well, he still can't fucking shoot, despite the fact that he was a three- or four-time MVP at this point, finally won his first title. Like, he still can't shoot. Like, you got to be able to shoot. You got to be able to shoot. And then he shot like 42% one of the years from three in Miami. And then I was like, that's it. That's it. I'm forever. And it was that moment where I was just like, I'm forever done, you know, overanalyzing LeBron's game. I'm just going to sit back and we're just going to enjoy this for the rest of his career. The next one, you know, went on to implode. LeBron just became, you know, you know, further his legacy to this point. So I've just been enjoying LeBron as long as I can. He just does. Because the thing is, it got to the point where we got, I think, like fatigued watching him in a sense. Because it was just like, oh, there goes LeBron again. He's ridiculous. Throwing a throwing a cross court, you know, overhead bounce pass the length of the whole court to go between two dudes' legs for a, a perfect, you know, assist for a layup for Dwayne. You know, it was just like he just, I don't know. He's wowed us so many times. We got used to it, and I feel like we gotta just. Do you want to know the exact way that uh, the NBA views LeBron James, and it's been the exact same way for his entire career? A cash cow? Yeah, well, I have a story for this. It was my, I remember 2010, it was a decision, it was the night, and I walk into my cousin's house, and I go and sit on the couch, and he's watching, he's watching the decision, he's got the ball, he's got a basketball on his lap, and he's bouncing it up and down, and he's so stoked, he's like, LeBron's gonna be a Nick, LeBron's gonna be a Nick, LeBron's gonna be a Nick. And then LeBron goes, I'm taking my talents to South Beach. (laughs) He just stands up and drops the ball on the ground and goes, fuck LeBron. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> walks away. Yeah. Uh, it's just you it's like you just watch him and you admire him and he's just like you're like i don't even know how that's possible but guys and it kind of ma- it makes you angry like it just makes you angry that's the only thing he's ever done wrong ever he's only done one thing wrong in his whole career it was uh two things you could you could take this uh one way or another it's he did the decision which was he was still young and it was pretty inappropriate at the time but by the way Everyone watched and everyone cared, so the cash cow part didn't matter. And he took two weeks off. I think I think maybe the second worst thing he did is when he when he called us all broke boys uh, <laughs> after one of the finals games. Do you guys remember this? No. Was that one of the fi- 
It was after one of the finals games, and like he, I think it was game three or game four. I think it was when they were playing the Mavericks, and um, they just they basically had allowed uh, Jason Terry to get into his head. He had a really shitty like eleven point game, and they asked him about his struggles. And then I remember he said something along the lines of, uh, "Well, you know, at the end of the day, when you guys go back home, like you got to go, you know, back to your shitty jobs. Yep. Like you got to go back to like basically being poor." <laughs> Then I was like, was, did he just call us fucking broke boys, bro? I was like, what the fuck? Like, maybe make some layups and leave us alone. Yeah. The other I, terrible thing that LeBron did to us is grow that beard, though. Like, do you guys remember when LeBron was kind of cool? Like, when he played for the Heat and, like, right when he came back for the Cavs? Like, that was his the beginning of his decline. But, like, he's full dad mode now. He kind of tried to look cool at that point. And, like, I don't know what he's doing now. Like, kind of, when like, you role lose, model LeBron, it's just not my cup of tea. When, when you when you lose when you lose hair, you have to offset it with the beard. That's I, how this that's works. Kyle, Kyle made my point immediately. Yep, like, that's I why I haven't shaved it. in like twelve years. <laughs> <laughs> my, look, no, my older brother's been losing his hair for a while, and he's only two years older than me. And I told him, I was like, "It's fine. Just embrace the ball, shave the shit down." Grow the beard, grow the beard just, out. Lo- just, just offset it. Just offset it. That's all you got to do. Nobody's going to question you. You're going to look like rugged and a little bit older. Just embrace it. That's easy coming from you who's got a fucking mop on his head and a dope-ass <laughs> beard. Like, Jesus. <laughs> no, just embrace the bald, man. It'll be fine. My impression of Kyle. Look at me. Guys, I'm a really good-looking dude. Everyone else should just be ugly. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> It's exactly. It's exactly easy. It's, it's exactly easy. Yeah. Fred, yeah my, the question uh, is, how much? How how much Italian are you guys? Twenty percent, which saying. I know you wouldn't believe. I, I I have the proof in my genetics. I look white as hell, and I am. A lot of fucking Irish in you, kid. What was that? <laughs> Got a lot of Irish in you. Uh yeah, that's true. I checked my genetics test. I do. Um, yeah, as uh, as an Irish Russian Jew, I have zero <laughs> Italian. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the problem. I, you guys can't see, but the Knicks Wall Podcast severely more attractive than the Bullshit Breakaway. So we're, we're we're really just trying to compete here. So we're doing our best. But it's fine, as I stated with my Tinder profile. I make up for it by being funny. It's our personality, ladies. Um, yeah, it's really where we do that. I I don't even know where we got off track here. LeBron James. We've done everything else. Is there anything else we should? Is there a Knicks game coming up? We should be watching. If I'm I, if yeah, I'm not yeah. watching the Knicks, what game's coming up? I should be like, I'm going to sit down and watch this game this Saturday. Uh, Mello comes back to the garden. There you go. Oh, jeez. Yeah, one. You I just, think- I just realized that game was on Saturday today, and I, yeah, I'm really, really, really. We've we've covered this um, on our own podcast. Just want to ask you guys: you his return to the garden. Do you think he's gonna get booed? Definitely. Or yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm a Mello hater though, and I have been for a long Whoa. time. I know. All right. A lot of us at the Knicks wall are pretty big Mello stands, so I kind of want to. I wouldn't say stands, but I think like we grew to appreciate him yeah, during, during the during like those like right. especially the last three years. Let's, we just grew to appreciate. Let's throw down. Phil Jackson fucking with them real hard. Like maybe like stand up for Mello. Sure, lot. like the, go ahead, go ahead. The, the friend of my friend, you know, the enemy of my whatever. You know the fucking take. Uh, Mello, sure. what part of Mello did you enjoy? The part when he was on the bench, the part when he was isolating by himself, the part where he didn't get you or was ever a superstar that could bring you over the hump. What was the part that you enjoyed about Mello? The part they played at the four, man. But, was the best. but then oh, he yeah. played at the three also, and that, I mean, they, they switched him all the time, and he, he would refuse to play certain areas. His defense was lackluster. He was a, uh, He's an efficient scorer, but he was never that takeover-a-game all-star. And he was against lesser teams, but he was never, I mean, you're, you're watching, guys, you're watching Victor Oladipo takeover games right now that Mellon never did. In, in all fairness, he had, a, with the Nuggets and the first, 
2.5 years with the Knicks. He had a hell of a run before it all came crumbling down remarkably fast. Because with the Nuggets, they I think they were always in the playoffs. Every every year they made the playoffs with Melo from his rookie year onward. They only got, I think they got to the second round once. They got to the Western Conference Finals once. Lost in seven games to the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Um, Melo had some, when, when I became a fan of Melo's was when he, you know, all these uh, Nuggets, Cavs games used to be on TV. And Melo used to just drop buckets on Bron's head every game, every game. And I think head-to-head for a while, he just torched LeBron, like wins, points, everything. So he was a part of some really, really good Nuggets teams. Came to the Knicks. You know, they were like, okay, that first year, after, you know, after the trade. The and there was a lockout year. No, no, no. It was uh, – they were. I think there were 500 with Amari that very first year Locked. with the midseason trade. And then the next – it was 42 40 36 30 54 54 28 and then but guys 37 like wins 30 37 and then it was 17 right yeah i can't flame a guy for wanting to get money but he wanted to win also i think that was very clear right and if he really wanted to he, he could make the money up in new york via advertisements again i can't flame a guy for wanting to make as much money as possible in a league that does not care about players in general I would say the NBA cares more about players in other leagues, but not not by much, but guys. <laughs> so the fact that he forced his way to the Knicks, Knicks, made them trade all the talent that made the Nuggets decent for the years to come, and then proceeded to not really take the Knicks anywhere and then get hurt for the next three years, which not his fault again, but also have a bad attitude about it, never get in the same page as coaching, kind of force coaches out, and by the way, never ha- like wanted to be like this Broadway personality. Was there ever a time where you're like, Melo seems like a cool hang? Are you yelling at me or asking me a question? <laughs> I, think just, I think I'm just yelling at you. I'm just angry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think that Melo fucked it up from the get when he, you know, demanded that kind of trade and then just make a under the table handshake deal to come to the Knicks in the summer like you're he supposed did. to do in New yeah. York. Mm-hmm. Um, so that really, you know, when you're losing players like Gallinari right before his prime or, you know, Wilson like Chandler, even Wilson my guy. Super yeah, yeah, my guy. I love, I, yeah, I love Wilson Chandler. Um, you know, and like, look at hell, look at the revelation of Raymond Felton we were talking about last night with his assist. Yeah, his um, one assist. That, that yeah, one he had assist. four. He had four. Okay, fair, fair. He had four assists. But you know what I mean? Like, all of the, like, he kind of screwed it up from right from the beginning. And then he's just trying to build from behind. And they're, at that point, the Knicks weren't like a solid enough of an organization for them to have been able to give up that much of a core. And they were just, it, yeah, they thought they had more in Amare than what they ended up with. And, yep. you know, the rest is just kind of history. It is. Yeah, my, my big mellow take is I think the Knicks' biggest mistake during the mellow era is they never hired a coach with enough balls to tell Mello what to do. The biggest mistake in the mellow era is that they signed Chauncey Billups to a $14 million contract only to wave him a month later to try to go for Tyson Chandler. That was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, my, yeah, I kind of agree. But the, the biggest gaps were, yeah, the Chauncey Billups amnesty. Like, I understood the need. I mean, the reason the I pro- say that it was terrible is because I couldn't use it on Stoudemire. But. Yeah, I mean, that was – ideally, had they used it – I mean, hindsight is always, always twenty twenty. But ideally, had they used it on Amari because his knees were crumbling and his body was rotting, that would have been fine. You didn't need a guy like Tyson Chandler because the whole reason they won 54 games was Melo played the four and to short him up defensively. Tyson Chandler was phenomenal all season. He was a defensive player of the year. So that was a key cog for any kind of success that we saw. So that was fine. But it was just, it took a lot to even get back to the point where they could have any pieces around, you know, Melo and Tyson Chandler 
because of the initial forced trade. And like you said, he couldn't just do a handshake deal and call it a day. And I think those, I think that was obviously his biggest, to me, that, that'll always be the biggest issue. It was just like, we could have avoided so much shit. You could have came to yeah. a pretty loaded young team had you just signed. Like we had infinity cap space for you. Donnie Walsh cleared all the cap space, signed tomorrow to a terrible fully guaranteed deal, and we still had all of the monies to offer. Mm-hmm. And all you had to do was just wait like three months for the season to end, go out quietly in the playoffs, and we waltz over to New York. Right off the books. Yeah. So so that was the biggest one to me, that the, the whole like fake, but, I'm going to go go to the Nets thing. And it, that was the biggest issue. But in general, you guys believe that you guys are, are Mellow supporters, and you like you liked his time in New York. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, he just, you know, like he was all we had to root for for a long time. And then I think it really got solidified. I think this would be a much more uh, controversial topic amongst Knicks fans if Phil Jackson didn't totally try to destroy that dude's like not even just like his game, but like he tried to destroy that dude's person. And the other part um, of that, too, is uh, Melo's not really like a LeBron. I can affect the game in 50 different ways and help you guys win kind of player. No, he's not. a really he's a really unique player that you have to build around to be able to succeed. And the Knicks, you know, Melo is a very faulted player for sure, for sure. Whether you like him or not, that's a fact. He, he has his faults. You know, great talent for what he does, but lots of faults, and that makes him hard to build around. And when and I talked about this on our own podcast yesterday, but it, it makes it, it was so frustrating because they finally figured out the formula in New York that we sort of saw in Denver. They finally like. Tweaked it a couple of different years, and then they won 54 games. It's like, all you got to do is that. Just don't don't fuck up, basically. Just keep the same loose structure, and then call it a day. And then they just imploded. And I think, uh, I think this is where the dysfunction comes in, the MSG dysfunction, because remember uh, Anthony uh, Glenn Grunwald won executive of the year after they won 54 games? Yeah. yeah. And then remember that they fired him immediately after the season because he didn't want to trade for Andrea Bargani. <laughs> and then and then they and then they traded for Andrea Bargani anyway. And then the team imploded and won thirty seven games. So it's like Is I don't want Steve Mills' first move. I don't, I don't know. I I don't want to be on record saying it was Steve Mills' first move. I don't remember who it was. But Steve Mills has always been in the shadows, so he must have been a part of it. I don't know that it was specifically his call. But it, this is the this is why I don't always blame Melo because it's like, well, you're a special scoring talent, and they sort of get it right with a couple of decent executives, and then they go back to being the Knicks for the latter half of your stay here. And it's like, well, how much could you really do? Like, you're a scoring guy who's just getting older, and they keep putting D league players and and not the right team around you. So it's again, he has faults. It wasn't a. I'm not saying it was all sunshine and rainbows on his end, but. A lot of that, too, was just not having the right team around him, especially the second half. I know we talked about this yesterday, but I honestly don't know how the same person owns the Knicks that owns the Rangers. Doesn't make any sense. I'm I'm so jealous of you guys every second of every day. Like, he just leaves you alone. Guys, you almost traded Porzingis. You almost traded him. No, we did not. Bill Jackson almost traded Porzingis. Not only did we not almost trade Porzingis, we almost traded Porzingis under the reasoning that we needed to get younger. He's 21. Yeah. He's also, 21 years old. I want to How do you rebuild? He's draft every fucking He's what you rebuild with. By the way, I, 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 they're going to replace him with like a lesser version of himself. Well, fucking LeBron James Jr. You'd have to replace him with the kid's a fucking eighth grader. Like, I don't understand. Like, 
Lie to us better, my God. Uh, I know we've yelled a lot in this podcast, but I just want to let everyone know that we're all friends. And I'm sorry for yelling. I love it. Um, we're just passionate my, guys. Most important question I can ask you guys. Uh, Anthony, I know you listen to us. Kyle, this is going to surprise yeah. you. The Rangers are a well-endowed hockey team. Do you think <laughs> the Knicks have bigger dicks? <laughs> I saw that Kreider picture, dude, and I'm dude. not sure anymore. Yeah. Oh, well, and and, and no, Sean Avery on record saying that Henrik Lundqvist has the biggest penis he's ever seen. Yep. <laughs> yep. I haven't heard that one yet, but that's... goddamn, the legend of Sean no, Avery. Knowing knowing this infor- knowing this information and having zero on the Knicks, I'm not even going to make a hunch. I'm just going to roll over, take the L. I do not believe <laughs> the Knicks are the more well endowed team. Nope, there's no chance. I'm battling hardcore evidence right now. There's yeah, not listen, a not a chance. Listen, we're packing it in. We're is that t- why Hank hasn't let a puck in? And like, dude, we're big well, detective he play, guys. He plays with he plays with two sticks. It's unfair. Yeah, he's <laughs> go ahead and watch the tape. When's the last time something went through the five hole? It doesn't. Two sticks of the glove. It doesn't, bro. Um, um, now to counter that point, does anyone have a stronger Instagram uh, pickup game than Chris Stapp's Porzingis? No. Not on the team. No, because he just—I don't think in the league. He just shoots aimlessly. He just shoots. Shoot, shoot, baby. Every other day, it's the same thing. Chick posts a comment. It's always the exact same order too. He never, he never deviates. Chick posts a picture. Yep. He likes the picture first. Does not follow first. Then he, <laughs> co- then he comments. Then he comments. And it's always something stupid. It's always like a it's stupid. Yeah, it's like it's like the it's always like, it's like the it's like the one one eye closed winky face with the tongue sticking out yep. or something like like something always just, just extra naughty. Yeah, yeah, really yeah just just a little little naughty. And then he lets it like sit for a few minutes, and then you see like one minute after that, you know, uh, Chris S. Porzing, you know, Kate Porzi has just started following Jen Selton, and it's the same. And he just like lulls. It's the same thing. It's a it's a perfectly executed plan. I gotta be honest I with do, you guys. I do think oh, though. Uh, I think Joel Embiid, if he applied himself, could rival Porzingis. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I I wanted to say I'm so jealous as a person who co- uh, covers hockey the most and the Rangers. There's not really a lot of fun Instagram stuff that happens. There's like pictures of like a couple players hanging out in the train and like some bros say like a couple players live together, so they're totally broing out and playing Xbox and stuff. NBA has the juiciest of drama, like, all the time. And I, I don't get to talk about any of that. Honestly, I've been, like, jealous of hockey Twitter from time to time. Basketball Twitter, basketball Instagram, and you know, all this. It gets to be a lot. It is basketball overwhelming. Twitter, basketball Twitter is a full fucking job, a full-time fucking job, man. I I almost feel like I do more work on basketball Twitter just keeping up than I do at my actual job Thursday day. It is exhausting. And then, and then, and then that you, one in there. Yeah, and then you you miss. It. Well, I'm hoping to get fired. I need this unemployment. Let's go. Yeah, but, I know, man. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, you miss like an hour and a half of basketball Twitter, and then like it, shit comes out of like left field. Like you've missed. It seems like you've missed years of material when you miss like a simple hour. I spend more time. The two big Reddit biggest Reddits I spend my time on are are the Rangers Reddit and the NBA Reddit. And the NBA Reddit is incredible. It's maybe the best forum on the internet. Yes, and, and it's gone downhill of recent, uh, and I don't know how to feel about it. It's more drama than it is basketball, and you guys are sort of turning into the WWE. And I, we don't have we. I would like a little bit of that. Instead, we do detective work, looking at pictures of Chris Kreider on a golf course. I blame DeAndre Jordan getting locked in his house and being persuaded to switch teams. But that was my favorite moment in NBA history. 
That yeah, but that, Mark Cuban we, is driving around Dallas trying to find what home they have DeAndre <laughs> Jordan locked up in. That is, I want a movie. What is Spielberg doing doing another fucking movie about newspapers? Do the DeAndre Jordan free agency movie. I would watch the shit out of that. I would too. <laughs> you know, you know what my favorite subplot is in the NBA right now? Rihanna constantly posts things or tweets things or goes to games and, and talks about LeBron James. I think she put up a, an Instagram post last year where she was sunbathing in like a red bikini. And then in sunblock on her stomach, she wrote out uh, the numbers 23. Oh my I God. mean, she, the, she got to a, 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 not a fight, but like a shouting match in, in the tunnel after a game last year. She's saying something like, he's still the king, bitch. So he, she's, she's right or die for the bride, right? Oh, boy. Other side of the coin. Uh-oh. Joel Embiid is right or die for Rihanna. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Now, Joel, Joel Embiid has been tweeting. Uh, I think sometimes he's Photoshopped himself into pictures with Rihanna. I fucking love that guy. He's been making – yeah, he, he's been, I mean, just clawing his way to get in there. So now my favorite thing is, well, LeBron's in year 15, and Bede's in, I mean, technically year four, but really only year two. So when is this inevitable, you know, he's, he's going he's gonna to take over LeBron at some point, if for nothing else than it, with, with this, I would assume. I, I LeBron's think- social media? No. What? LeBron's social media is garbage. LeBron's social media is terrible, but Rihanna's ride or die for LeBron. Like, like he, Joel Embiid is the pinnacle of social media in the NBA. He's yes. what, what everyone should strive to be. Because, by the way, somehow people don't dislike him. It's actually incredible. For now. For now. You, there, there comes a – look. The Warriors tipping point, my friend. It'll come. Yeah. They'll, they'll, they come for everybody, bro. At some point, they come – Russell Westbrook was the darling last year. In 20 games, everybody's turned on him. Yeah, you everybody. Can't, you can't hit. You can't like Russell Westbrook right now. Internet bubbles are. Uh, I can do a thesis on this. It's actually. Can I, can I drop a hot take on you, fine gentlemen? Yes, sir. You sure can. I think. Uh, I think Rihanna looks like a foot. Just I don't. I don't like. Relax. Yeah, wow. I don't think. I don't think she's attractive. What? But what about relax? But well, first of all, you fucking relax, and yeah, I disagree. Yeah, definitely chill. Uh, but but also, is it? I can't. He's, I can't. I, I I'm just. I'm just gonna say. I'm just throwing it out there. There's a lot of forehead. There's a right. lot of forehead. But if you look beneath the forehead <laughs> and, every, and everywhere else down for like five or I'm so telling feet, you, I'm telling you, as as a man who has a history with big foreheads, uh, has a lot of forehead. You're you're Fuck a big forehead guy. Is what you're trying to say, Craig? <laughs> no, I was I was uh, I was an immature freshman in college. I'm okay. just gonna leave it at that. All right, that sounds but, good. Uh, yeah, no, I don't know. It doesn't do it for me. I think she's a very normal-looking woman. To each their own, and you keep it to yourself, Greg, because that woman is a beauty. I'm going to tweet you every day with the new provocative picture of Rihanna <laughs> until you change your mind. Uh, you, Thank you, God you didn't say anything about Beyonce on here, though, oh, dude. Queen B, bro. Well, she's first funny. of all, I'm not suicidal. Second of all, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I mean. <laughs> I don't even – I wouldn't even come close. Beyonce can't do wrong. The uh, – the uh, Sean Paul video is still some of the. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Gentlemen, mm. before we get ourselves in trouble, we should probably wrap up. Uh, it's been a great pleasure having you guys on. We could literally yeah, do this for another hour, I feel like. We didn't ask them the question, right? We're, this is coming right now. We're wrapping up. Uh, yeah, I fucking know what it is. And we ask the same thing around our place, too. Uh, so. so go ahead. Now, go ahead. Do you start asking it because of us? No. Okay. Oh, way, way, way back, buddy. Okay. This is this is the fucking Vegas Aces all over again. <laughs> oh, I think I know where this is going. Okay. Uh, you know the hot dog, um, the old hot dog is a sandwich deal. Yeah. Is it? It's not. 
It's not. It's not even close. All right, it's not. You said you said the hot dog is a sandwich deal, and I was like, oh no, you're one of them. Oh, I'm not. That's right. Yeah, it's it's a fucking sandwich, boy. No, no, it is not a sandwich. Not a, no, no one goes, man, I can't wait to go get that hot dog sandwich. Everyone goes, no, I can't wait to go eat my turkey sandwich or whatever sandwich they enjoy. Yep. You don't go, you oh, do? no one says, oh, I want my turkey, and then it immediately means it's a turkey sandwich. You can eat some candy corn too, Greg. Yeah. No, candy corn is gross. I bet you'd wash it down with some nasty eggnog too. Fuck right. you, buddy. Eggnog's great. Eggnog is what? great. I, I, let's, let's go back 20 minutes where you asked if I was Italian. I said the Irish-Russian Jew in me was not Italian at all. You're going to ask me if I drink eggnog? But, <laughs> that's, hey. a three, that's the three where we ran from. It's, it's eggnog, candy corn, or uh, hot dog. It's the first question we ask all of our new staff whenever they join on. Um, Can, candy, candy corn is butt. Yes, and correct. Uh, egg, yeah. Eggnog seems like the least enjoyable way to get drunk. It's fun. Yeah, yeah I like correct. It. I like correct it a lot. Again. Thanks, Anthony, for sticking eggnog with me. Eggnog is fantastic. It's fucking phenomenal. Let me ask you a, the PETA-approved question of the day. Who would win in a mm. fight, a gorilla or a bear? Mm. Gorilla. I see. I uh, Just a bear guy. I Gorilla's just, got the agility, man. And, like... I think I'm like, underrated imagine, gorillas. You just, like... Gorillas are so much more, like opposable like they can like move their joints so much easier yeah. than bears can. yeah i feel like i like i think bears are like uh ag- aggressive in the sense that they have to be like it's instinctual i feel like gorillas are too intelligent where they have that in them but they also have like that vindictive like they just seem like over the top angry like you ever see them like charge at people like you ever watch there's I've videos of them at the zoo i have and they just and they just like charge the glass like you didn't do anything it was like a five-year-old girl just sitting there they just <laughs> charge the glass I think I saw one video, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe you guys have seen this, where the gorilla charges into the glass and yep. cracks it. Yep. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. Yo, Harambe, just, Harambe uh, died that, for this, bro. I just, I that guy's going to – a bear's going to beat that fucking guy? Bear claws. I over the mental image of Kyle just thinking gorillas are petty. <laughs> <laughs> they fling poop. <laughs> they fling poop. They fling poop and they break through glass barriers. What oh, else could you want? Shit. It's I mean, like bulletproof glass and he just runs through the shit. You're going to oppose that? I think we've we've calmed down. I think bears in society have been Oof. softened through media. I think we we think bears are cute now. We have a lot of bear waving videos and I think we forget how ferocious bears are. Yeah, I think I think pandas have been the worst thing that ever happened to the bear. Agree. No, no. They should I don't I don't I don't say like people should die, but they should probably let pandas go extinct. What purpose do they serve? <laughs> oh my God, what I purpose do they serve? Animal lovers are gonna <laughs> shit on fuck. us on Twitter. That, pandas, that's a- pandas don't even want to fuck. You can put a male panda and a woman panda in an enclosure and be like, so how is your day? Like they're not gonna do anything. That's at the hardest of turns. Yeah, I mean, listen, panda porn doesn't work for him. It's been proven. It's actually crazy. Um No, I just look. All I'm saying is, they don't fuck. All that's, that's my point. And all I'm saying is, follow us on Twitter at Blue Shirts Break, where you can see all this wonderful mm. nonsense and more. And you should follow our guests, who have been mm. lovely, as to say so the least. And I'm again, I'm sorry for yelling at both you lovely gentlemen, and for shitting on your podcast when I came on it directly yesterday when I you said you were recording. So I, I no, want to apologize cool. for that. Yeah, I, I know a, that was that's inappropriate. Literally but. the open of the podcast in this episode. So right, yeah, no, I know, and I, I I was a little rude, and I know Greg called me out for it, so I did want to apologize publicly for it. 
No, you're yeah. Ryan, Ryan's a rude boy. You guys got to just rude boys. Every now and then, every now and then, everything goes right for this fucking guy. All right, he invests like two dollars in Bitcoin and becomes a millionaire. It was a little bit so more. So every now and then, you guys just need to shit on him okay. to remind him that he's just a terrible human being. Okay, thanks so much. Um, <laughs> I, I appreciate. I'll remember that for next time. To be honest, uh, I would really like to do this again in the future. I hope you guys will come back on. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Well, awesome. hold on. Plug, plug, uh, because we're seeing you soon. But plug your meetup first. Yeah. Uh. So Nick's Wall staff is going to be hanging out uh, December 30th. It's a Saturday. It's right before New Year's. Uh, we'll be at Smithfield Hall, which is in New York City. On 20... Kyle, do you have the address on hand? I do not, but if you keep talking, uh, yeah, doing the plug, I'll, I will we'll find, find it. We're basically... We're just going to be hanging out. We're going to be watching... Uh, we're going to be watching the Knicks take on the Pelicans on the road uh yeah we're just gonna have some drinks hang out with you guys we're gonna do some giveaways we've got our uh we're gonna bring in a couple of pieces of merch and uh we'll figure out some kind of way to raffle them off or something the address is uh 138 west 25th street 7 p.m saturday december 30th be there i do believe that's 25th and 7th i've been saying that in the last couple of pods and i have not checked it so definitely double check good guy good guy can i pitch Um, something to you guys i want to throw i throw a business idea at you uh, we don't. We haven't made a T-shirt since our original T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Would you guys want to team up and make an an MSG podcast T-shirt? This is interesting. I we just, will have to first of all shout out to our merch designer Bailey Carlin. Yep. Uh, he he does I know, all. I noticed you guys have some pretty sick T-shirts. Yeah, he's he does it all. It's all him. So shout out to him. He has his own merch store too. If you look him up on T Public, all the stuff on. So you can probably find his stuff too. He's got some other cool like NBA wide designs. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's 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 talk it out. Let's figure it out. I'd like to just just think it off the top of my head. It should be the Spider-Man meme with one of them wearing a Nick jersey and one of them wearing a Ranger jersey. <laughs> this is a start. This, this has good. legs. <laughs> That's good, actually. <laughs> okay, yeah, I, think, good. I, like I, I think we did it. Uh, well, let's sketch good that up man. and post it on Twitter tomorrow. How about that? That sounds good with me. I'll Photoshop it later. All right. Uh, can we finish a couple of plugs real quick? Yeah, go ahead. I want to just say head over to the nixwall.com. While I have all of you here, we just re we meaning I just redesigned the site and uh, I'm really proud of how it came out. And so I'd really appreciate you guys all taking a look at that and reading some of the awesome work from our fantastic staff of writers. A couple of new guys just joined in recently. We've, you know, we've got quite the uh, powerhouse team. So, and then of course, listen to us, the TKW podcast. We are on iTunes. We are on soundcloud we're on all of your providers we're on the nextwall.com too um and of course thank you ryan and greg for letting us on kyle you got anything to add no we uh, covered all bases wait i have a more to, question to piggyback off you guys i will say uh i have become a smarter knicks fan just by watching knicks film school that is yes. a genius idea i really like that yes shout out jeffrey balloon shout out that guy's incredible Adam. Yeah, he's the man. These this is just all these dudes just come together trying to figure out what everyone wants to see. So I've become a smarter Knicks fan watching Knicks film school. For One sure. day we'll I'll become a smarter Rangers fan. Today's not that day. Tomorrow doesn't look it either. Are you guys on Spotify? Have you been able to do that? No, we haven't set that up yet. I don't think it's incredibly difficult. Um, we also just, haven't done that. I feel like we should both do together. Is there we'll, a we'll demand for it? I'll, I'll I'll look into it. I'll, I'll let you guys know. It, we'll, do, we'll do the private T-shirt Spotify conversation tomorrow. 
Yeah, that's through, through, through the DMs. Um, yeah, that would just be a meeting. Yeah. Yeah, a nice, a nice uh, MSG garden. I we'll make some some shit name up too. Yeah. Um, yeah thanks for coming on, guys. Follow us on Twitter, the Bullshit Breakaway. Uh, Bullshit Break. Sorry. Uh, go to our website, which is also very wonderful. Drew's putting out new articles all the time, and uh, we're really sending some new stuff this week. Bullshitbreakaway.com. Go to see what, what's new there, and also. Uh, we have a meetup coming up. Greg, do you want to see where that is? Yes. Uh, so we can now announce for sure it's going to be at the Beer Authority in Midtown on February 15th. It, the Rangers will be in Brooklyn playing the Icelanders, and we will be there drinking beers. We'll have uh, – there'll be drink specials, extended happy hour, everybody. If that doesn't get you there, I don't know what will. Uh, it's going to be a really fun time, and uh, I, I believe – Kyle and maybe Anthony will be there as well. So if you don't even want to talk Rangers with us, the Knicks are off that night. Talk Knicks with smart people like them and come come get some Something drinks. Like come get some love the day after Valentine's Day. That's all I'm saying. Uh, that's good. That's Thanks. good. All right, guys. Uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, everyone, for listening today. Bye-bye. Thanks, right, guys. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.